0: Have your Bibles, please. Turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 1 as we get ready to make our declaration together this morning. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 18. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. Paul is telling Timothy, Timothy, I just want to remind you of the prophetic words that were spoken over your life. Here's what I want you to do with those words. I want you to fight a good fight with those words. I want you to wage a good warfare with those words. You know, sometimes we hear prophetic words over our lives and we all get so excited for that moment. Wow, I'm so special. God spoke to me and all of that. And we forget that one of the intents of the prophetic word being released over our lives is so that we can engage in spiritual war with those prophetic words. You take those prophecies and fight a good fight. Wage a good warfare. Fight A good fight. Prophetic words become part of your ammunition in your conflict against the enemy, in fighting against the enemy. And they're intended to lead you on into a place of victory and deliverance. Amen? So when you hear the prophetic word of God, just receive it, contend with it. Against the enemy, contend against him with those prophetic words. Fight a good fight. Wage a good warfare with those prophetic words. Now, the other aspect of it, the other dimension of it, is as Paul says in Romans sixteen: all of Scripture is prophetic. All of Scripture is prophetic. These are prophetic Scriptures. So we use all of Scripture as part of our warfare. Amen. This is the prophetic word of God, inspired word of God. Use that. As as you saw the Spirit fighting against demonic forces, but at the same time, and there are very specific words God speaks into your heart, it's meant for you to wage a good warfare. The words we speak help us fight against our enemy. The words of faith, the word of God that we speak with our mouth is our weapon against the enemy. Amen? So let's stand up to our feet as we make our declaration this morning. Say this out loud with me. This is God's word. This is God speaking to me. I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I will become everything God has promised. I'm saved, healed, delivered, redeemed. I'm blessed, victorious, prosperous, triumphant. I'm a minister of God, a servant of Christ, and a channel of his blessing to many people. I receive his word, I believe his word, and I live by his word. Christ is my master. And to him, I am an absolute surrender in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, we have uh, the privilege of having Peter Young with us. Uh, Peter is uh, originally from South Africa, and now he settled with his parents in the UK. And uh, he travels around ministering. Uh, the first time I heard about Peter was through Pastor Dilip Nanda. Peter was ministering in, uh, in Barampur through, uh, through APC there. And uh, Dilip gave me an amazing report of what happened to his, through his ministry at the youth camp, youth camp that you were ministering and other places. It's our joy and honor to have Peter with us. Let's put our hands together, welcome him, this young man of God. Appreciate you being here. God bless you. Be seated.
1: Praise God. It's really exciting to be here today. Excuse my voice. I've just uh, come from Jammu and Kashmir where it's like minus two degrees and caught a bit of a bad cold. I much prefer the weather in Bangalore. Good place to be. Um pastor really continued a little bit in worship, and I wanted to do something a little bit different before I get into the Word. Alan, just come and join me again. When I walked into the service this morning, I felt an incredible hunger. The hunger of you for more of God and more of His presence was almost tangible. Um, I had an incredible time with the, your other church in the South this morning, and we had a really powerful time with God. And then when I was getting ready to walk in here, just felt that tangible sense of people desiring more of His presence. Wanting more of Him. It was almost like I could feel the hunger pulling God's presence more into your lives. And Pastor started talking about, you know, going through different circumstances and people being in a, different, a difficult place and praying into your breakthrough. Um, what I've asked Alan to do, he hates it when I do this, by the way, but I love doing it to him. God's gifted him as an amazing worship leader, but also through prophetic song. It's almost been since we've got to know each other, God's just started of enhancing the prophetic anointing upon his life in song, Okay. So what we're going to do now, you can stand, you can sit and do whatever you want, but I believe God's going to give him a song that is going to be from the heart of the Father to you. It's not a song that you sit here and listen to and go, that's nice, Alan's got a nice voice, I appreciate it. I want you, what God's just said, given you a platform to take more from Him. The more you desire, the more you can receive. It's as simple as that. If you only desire that much, then you'll get that much. The more you desire of Him, there is, there's no limit with God. It's immeasurable. There's no level of getting to a place of thinking, I'm, I'm content. There must be a gracious discontentment, a gracious uncertainty of where God can take us to. So if you desire more of God, you desire more of God? Okay, that's not good enough. Do you desire more of God? All of your hands should be wide up there saying, please, Lord, more. It's, it's, you, it's your part to play by taking that step forward and saying, God, give me more. And so the, I don't know if you've done this type of thing before. I'm, I'm sure you have through prophetic song, let God minister to you. Forget about the person next to you. Forget about what you're going to do for lunch today. Some of you are planning your shopping trips. Forget about that. This is God. This is your moment with the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit touch you. There's some of you that are sitting here that haven't been touched in a long time. Pastor nearly stole everything that was on my heart. Dry bones. That you feel dry. You can't remember the last time that you cried in God's presence. You can't remember the last time that you felt a sensitivity to His Spirit that you just felt His joy and His peace because the circumstances of life have just become overwhelming. Now is your time. Now is the time when the Holy Spirit wants to come and minister that to you. You don't need me to lay hands on you. You don't need anybody to pray for you. God wants to come and touch you. It's all about Him, right? Let's pray. Father, I thank You for this moment. Lord, this moment before we get into Your Word and we get into learning new things about You, I thank you that you want to touch us. You're an intimate God, a God who cares deeply and is personally involved in our lives. And Father, I felt that hunger in here today. And Lord, when people are hungry, you desire to feed, you desire to fill. And I pray, Father, that for those who are feeling dry bones, that you will come and bring a fresh touch of your spirit that only you can do. It's not about a sensation, it's about something intimate. And Father, for those that just desire more of you, because they want more of your presence, more of your power, more of your spirit, I ask that you will grant the desires of their heart. Thank you, Lord.
2: You're awesome. You're always on my heart. Yes, I dream of you every day. I've got something new every day. I just wait and You're always on my mind. Yes, you were on my mind. I'm still, I'm, still still I'm, still still I'm still waiting, I'm still waiting. Open up your heart. Draw near, draw near, take it. It's all. For you're always on my mind so much to give, so much to give Open up your eyes Closer than ever, you know. Ever, you know. Closer than the air you breathe. I'm here, right now, right here. You're always on my mind. We thank you, Father
1: tears in the room right now, that's okay, that's a good thing. Sometimes it's good just to cry before God and let Him touch you and let Him refresh something in your heart. God is the one person on this earth that we can be truly vulnerable with, that we can truly be real with, because He knows it all anyway. There's no need to hide. There's no need to hide behind the facades that we put up as we people. He so longs to touch you, so longs to bring an intimate touch into your heart today. As He's doing, I can literally see the Holy Spirit going around the room, just touching people gently, just touching you and just letting you know, bringing you an assurance that He is with you, that He is moving, that He is doing something in your life, that He has not forgotten you. you for your presence my god no one does it like you do it lord no one does it like you do it lord we pray that we will come to this place of intimacy and vulnerability with you every day for your mercies are new every morning lord new manner fresh manner for each person in this room every day father let us not grow complacent in seeking your presence let us seek you anew for a fresh touch to know that you are with us. There's two people here who have been suicidal. You've been contemplating suicide. The thoughts have been plaguing you day and night and day and night. One of you have even started to plan the process of how you're going to do it. I don't want to embarrass you by calling you up. <clears throat> And if you feel that you have the boldness to stand, I really want to pray for you, those two people. If you don't have the courage to come up, I understand that's a sensitive issue, that's fine. But think about it, God has spoken to me to bring your breakthrough today, to remind you that he has a future and a hope for your life, that the enemy is trying to steal and literally destroy you and take you out. But God's here today to say that will not happen. I know you're sitting in your seat right now, you're sitting there, I can't, I can't go. I'm going to give you a few more minutes. That's okay if you don't. But if you if you feel you can, I would love to pray for you. I feel God wants to touch you. There's two people. One's a female, one's a male. I can feel it. Mm-hmm. Let's pray and wait. I'll give you a few more seconds. these two people, Lord. Lord, you know who they are and they know who they are. And Father, I thank you that as an agreement together as a body, we speak life. We prophesy life into those people's beings. And Satan, we just remind you as a group that you are a defeated foe, that you have no power, that you have no authority. And when exposed, your power is broken. And right now, your power in those lives have been exposed. God even brought you, those two people, to church today to remind you how much he cares about you, how much he loves you, and how he is going to set you free. How, even as he says, I have a future, I have a plan, I have a hope for your life. So Father, I thank you for these two people, that death, that suicide will not touch them. That any attempt of the enemy to bring destruction will fall to the ground in Jesus name I thank you for both of them for a long and prosperous life serving you and growing in you in your spirit my God Father God encourage those people in Jesus name if you're one of those two people please come and speak to me or come and speak to the pastors or the leadership team afterwards today and I know I don't want to embarrass anyone but it really is important to you to get prayer and just talk to someone today Amen we thank you Lord In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Alan. Awesome. God is so good. I love how intimate God is. It really is. He he knows exactly how to speak to us. He knows exactly how to press the need. And why I asked Alan to do that, the prophetic is my passion. It is my, it's in my DNA. It's in my, it's who I am. And we're so used to seeing one person coming in a prophet and speaking and just thus saith the Lord and giving a word of God the prophetic is so much bigger than that. God can use a mold, a, a whole form of media, of expressions, of art, of creativity, of song, prophetic song. Look what one song can do. Did you notice how the entire atmosphere of the room changed with one song? Yes? Amen? No? Okay, a little bit more response would be nice. Yes? Amen? No? Okay. There. So, that's the power of a song. Why were people crying? Not because Alan has a nice voice and it sounded like a nice tune, because the presence of God ministered. The Spirit of God ministered through a song from God. Amen. That that rocks my world because how one song from Him can really touch a life. So that's what we're going to speak about today. Just a little bit about me. Um, I've been coming to India since 2007. Um, frankly, I would never have chosen to come to India myself. I didn't even want to come here on a holiday. Um, it just didn't appeal to me at all. Um, I had friends who were going, and they had come for, they went to Mumbai and Delhi, and they told me all about it, and how they got delhi Belly, but they loved it, and I just thought, no, 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 India is not for me. And um, 2007, I was in South Africa ministering at a conference, and uh, a pastor at the end came to me, an Indian pastor, and he said to me, can I pray for you? I said, sure. And he said, he prophesied, and he was, he was giving some great stuff, and then he suddenly said something that really shook up my entire life. He said, God's opening up the doors for you to go to India, and my best friend was standing next to me who was a pastor of the church, and he said, it whispered in my ear, someone's missed it, you know, talking about those guys. So, I knew in that moment, God hit my heart to say, I'm going to place a love for that country in you that is supernatural that you won't be able to describe in words. This is now my 11th trip to India in, <laughs> and since 2007. I have a love for India and her people that I cannot describe. It is, I really believe this. Every single time I come here, God impresses it upon me even stronger. How the next greatest move of his spirit in terms of revival that will affect the rest of the world is coming out of this nation. I really believe that. What I saw about two years ago, I was uh, in, where was I? I was in Hyderabad. I was praying and God showed me the most incredible vision. I saw an army of soldiers, Christian soldiers, a younger generation. But they were linked in arms together, so that they were linked arms together, marching through the streets of the city. But the funny thing was, is that I couldn't distinguish anyone's face. I couldn't look at someone and distinguish their features to say, that's an individual, that's an individual. And then what God started to say to me is that I'm raising up a faceless generation. I'm raising up a generation that will serve as a collective, as a community, that the time of a one-man show or one pastor or one prophet running the show is finished, that I'm raising up a generation now that will work as a collective, as a group, as a, as a community that will change the world, that will change the very streets. And it was the most beautiful thing to see, the unity that was there. People ask me, what denomination are you from, Peter? What church do you belong to? Who's your covering? And I cease to answer because I always say, um, we are one body. One of the greatest tools of the enemy is denominational divide. So I really believe that in the season we're going into, that we're going to see a real breaking away of that, that God is going to start to bring, whether you are Catholic, Baptist, Lutheran, working together as one body. So when I get invites, some charismatics, I've been raised in a charismatic church, think it's terrible that I minister in Catholic churches. And I think it's is God's call on my life. It's the most exciting thing to do. And some Catholics I meet are more filled with the Spirit than some charismatics. So it is one body that God is joining together. And it's so, you haven't got the second largest population in the world for no reason. It's going to, I literally see it though, it's not just going to happen in India, it's going to be sent out into the rest of the world. How the UK and America and Europe sent out missionaries years back. They are the ones in need. Trust me, I live in the UK. It is a post-Christian era. It, I feel more alive spiritually in India than I do in, in the UK. It's the truth. So that's why God's doing something so special here. Um, preparing you and raising people up as the younger generation to do something great for his kingdom. Amen? Come on, amen. Okay, what I want to talk to you about today. I am passionate about the gift of prophecy. There's a prophetic call on my life. It is who I am. It's what I do. But God started to speak to me, even from a young age, about changing how things are done. I'm sure you can relate that a lot of the time you'll get a prophet who will come into church, share a great word, maybe give a few of you prophetic words, or meet with the leadership team, give them prophetic words. And then personal prophecy was the focus of it, which is fantastic. Don't get me wrong. I'm all for it, and I love it. So much bigger than that. So much bigger than that. My passion is to see the spirit of prophecy as a gift of the Holy Spirit being birthed in the church and cultivating a lifestyle of it within the body of Christ. Meaning that it's accessible to each and every one of you because you are filled with the Holy Spirit. So by right, every single person sitting in this room who has been filled with the Holy Spirit has the authority and the ability to prophesy. Right? Okay. So if you don't, I like you. you usually keep on clapping and agreeing with everything I'm saying. Um, turn with me to the word of God quickly. we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 14, so you can show you that I am not making this stuff up. I mean, sorry, 1 Corinthians 14 verses one to five. We did this today with um, a church this morning in the South Church, and the exciting thing was is that by the end of the service, we had how many people was it? bandadana, 15, 20 people, up there standing. Prophesying over one of your young church members who had never prophesied before. That's the exciting thing. When you see people click on, this is the most simple teaching over here. I normally do like in depth prophetic training over weekends. But this is the most simple, basic teaching. And you probably woke up going, Yeah, because that was baby food. If you can grasp a simple truth and run with it, God can do something powerful in your life. And that's what happened this morning. I was, um, what was the guy's name? David. We prayed for a young guy called David. And All these people came up to pray for him. And they were just, the power of God came upon each person as they prophesied. And the people were too emotional and crying while they prophesied over him because they felt the heart of God for him. That's what the prophetic is all about. Okay, let's turn. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men but to God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to the people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. I'm going to say that again. For their upbuilding, encouragement, and consolation. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now, I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets, so the church may be built up. In this passage of Scripture, the Apostle Paul is imploring the Corinthians church to identify the value of spiritual gifts, especially that of prophecy. He even says that to pursue, to desire. And if you look at the original Hebrew translation of that, it even uses the definition of to lust after. Now, that's a pretty intense description. Think of it in a good, a good godly connotation now of lust. Lust means almost a desire that consumes you sensually, physically, mentally. It consumes your own being that you desire and you want it against all reason. That is intense. It's also not saying if you feel like it, if you think it might be a nice thing, try it out. Pursue prophecy if you maybe think it might be good on a rainy day. It's saying pursue it, desire it, seek it for the upbuilding of the church. So therefore, it's being obedient to Scripture by pursuing the spiritual gift that God has made accessible to each one of us. Turn with me to just go down a few more verses to 1 Corinthians 14:31. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14 uh, verse 31: For you all can prophesy one by one, so that you all may learn and all may be encouraged. Okay, so it doesn't take a scientist there to reckon to realize what word did I emphasize. Uh, Guys, you really need to wake up. How many? All. All. Okay, say it after me. One, two, three. All. Okay, so you all may prophesy, one by one, that you all may learn and all may be encouraged. This gift is for every single person sitting in this room. Amen? It excites the life out of me because it means that God is going to use us. God doesn't need to use us. He doesn't need us. He's perfectly capable, the omnipotent creator of the world to do all the work himself, but he chooses to use you and I. He chooses to co-partner, to collaborate. You know, we are natural people called to a supernatural task, and he calls us to work with him. That still blows my mind. I've been doing this day in and day out for the last couple of years, and it still blows my mind that God chooses to use me despite my frailty, despite my weakness, despite my lack of everything um, lack of talent. There are people that are far more talented than I, far better preacher than I, far better musician. I'm a worship leader too. But it's about the anointing. It's about the desire. That's what I know that God has put upon my life. That's what you know that God has put upon yours too. Amen? So what I do, what we're going to do today is we're going to go a little bit more detail about what is prophecy, okay? I love this description. It says, prophetic or the gift of prophecy is the ability, the spiritual ability that God will give a member of his body to be able to receive a message from him and then to give it to a member of the body, okay? So, it's very much a downward motion outwards. okay? So, to me, I think of it very plainly as like a postman, right? A postman gets, receives a message, a letter in the post, and delivers it to the person. Now, what a postman doesn't do Correct me if I'm wrong in India. A postman doesn't come to your house, open the letter for you, read it to you, and then tell you what to do with it, right? Am I right? Okay. I'd get a good smack if you did that, okay? The postman's job is merely to receive the letter and give it to the person. That is what we are as messengers of God in the gift of prophecy. Merely there to, deserve, to receive a message from him and deliver it, okay? It's, the, it's, a, it's an anointed utterance. A divine inspiration from the very heart of God to his people. Now, what I want to speak to you very briefly about is the spirit of prophecy. What is behind the spirit of prophecy? And the three words that will be drummed into you today exhortation, edification, and comfort. Those are the three things. If you forget everything else I've said today, there's the three things I do not want you to forget exhortation, edification, and comfort. That is the purpose of New Testament prophecy. We are in a season of grace because of Christ. We're no longer in the times of the uh, prophetic words of doom and destruction and the fire of God falling on people, thank God. Now we're in a season of grace where it is there to encourage. It is there to uplift. It is there to console because it is the very heart of the Father. I, I have literally prayed, I mean, for thousands of people. and Every single time I prophesied over someone, without fail, I feel the Father's heart of love for that person, and I can't describe to you what it does to me. It never gets old. Every single person, I feel love. I never feel condemnation. I never feel like I want to expose them and tell them they're going to hell. When I was younger, I was about 11 or 12, I was at a meeting in my parents' church, and they had a prophet uh, from America come in, and a prophet, I'm going to put it like that, and they called a young man up, and started to list the young man's sin in front of a church of 5,000 people and list, the, list his sexual sin. He was saying sexual sin and said, this, 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 you're doing that, that, that. This man was shamed. He was humiliated. And there were a lot of people in the church who were agreeing and going, yes, that's right. He's getting a word of knowledge that God is... And I sat there going, this cannot be right. How is this right? The very heart of God, even in the terms of conviction, is always done in love. Conviction brings about an attitude of repentance that makes us turn willingly to repent in love to the Father, right? What does condemnation do? Condemnation brings guilt, fear, confusion, doubt, um, humiliation. And what happened to that man in that moment? Do you think he needed to have his sins told to him? Do you think he wasn't aware of what he was doing? (laughs) Me and you are all very well aware of the things that we were doing wrong in our lives. All he needed was an encouragement and an uplifting, uplifting of God. So here's what I would have done. Here's a great model. Here's the person. Here's the guy. Okay, he comes up. You're praying for him. You sense these things. I'm sure it was right. She, that prophet sensed what this guy was saying, what the problem in his life was. It is not my job, nor is it yours, to expose or condemn a person. It says very clearly in the Word of God, there is therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. So my job is to look for the gold in that person. Look for how God sees that person as they are, as a person with a future, with a hope. So my word would have been to this person, I see you walking in such purity. I see you walking into a place of such righteousness before God that other men will look at your purity and desire that purity. So I prophesy to the positive, to where God is taking him, prophetically where God is moving him, Then, the beautiful part and the easy part for me, the Holy Spirit comes in at this level. And he does the ministry. He does all the work. It's not my job. Trust me, that man knows what I'm talking about. As soon as I used the word purity, every little bit of conviction of God came upon him. But he's not exposed. He's not ashamed. And the Holy Spirit does the job of ministering to him and bringing about conviction and change. And the reason I'm sharing that with you is because that is the heart of the prophetic. Too much, and I'm sure you can even testify, you've watched how the prophetic has been abused and has brought damage in people's lives. It's brought fear into people's lives. It's told people to do things that they never even wanted to do. We were in Vizak last year with Alan and Vandana, and we were with a group of young Bible school students, and I was sharing with them, and, and one Bible school student, 18-year-old, put his hand up and told me, he says, I hate prophecy. And I was, I was taken aback, and he said, prophecy is a headache. And I... And I said, why? And I said, explain to me. He says to me, because I don't want to be in Bible school. I hate Bible school. I said, well, then why are you in Bible school? He says, because it was prophesied over me by a pastor that I have to do Bible school. And in India, when a pastor prophesies over you to do something, you have to do it whether you like it or not. So I learned something that day. But then I said to him, I said, only you knows how God speaks to you the best only you. No pastor, no prophets. I could come and prophesy something over you, but God, you know how God speaks to you. Amen? You know his dealings. You know his, his guiding. Your pastor is not on a platform. Sorry, pastor, but I know he agrees. He's not to be prayed. He is not God in your life. He is your shepherd. He's the one who trains and nurtures you in those things, but it is your responsibility to hear from God. It is your responsibility to be hearing and be his leading and his guiding and following the desires that he puts in your heart. So my response, and this might sound harsh, but people I meet a lot of people who have been damaged by the prophetic and they blame the pastor and they blame the prophet. I blame the person because it is your responsibility to be wise with what is spoken over your life. Amen? Don't just let anyone prophesy over you. You must know where it's coming from. The heart has to be that of the Father. That which is to encourage. That which is to exhort. That which is to move you into a new place in God, not to condemn. Amen? So now, very simply, how do we hear from God? Many people ask me this. Where do you hear from God? What do you do? Um, do Do you get audibly the voice of God in your ear? I've only audibly heard the voice of God once in my life. I don't hear His voice. I don't see things written up in front of me. For me, God, and I've really been researching this more. God has made us very sensual physical beings, right? So he'll use your body. Who, who gets words of knowledge about healing? Anybody? Come on, there has to be one or two. You know what I mean? You you get a word of knowledge when you, you could feel a pain in your body, and you know that God wants to heal someone in that. Anybody? Well, I'll tell you about that. Someone, you can obviously... Somebody, Be so sensitive to the Holy Spirit that you'll start to get a pain in your knee, and you'll be aware that someone has got a knee problem or a a disease or something, and then God will heal that person in that part of their body. For me, I get a sense when I pray for someone or I'm in a room or I'm praying for someone, I get a sense right there, a feeling. And from that feeling, I have to start speaking. I have to start prophesying, and then I know God speaks. It took me a long time to learn to trust my body, to trust the way I know God speaks to me, to trust His voice, because many of you here already hear from God, but the devil comes in. Oh, you're making it up. It's not you. It's not real. You're going to look foolish if you say that. It's just you. It's just you pretending. This is where it takes that step of faith. It takes that step of faith to step out and be bold and trust God to use you to speak, to build and encourage and exhort one another. How amazing would it be? I mean, and you've got a pretty big church already. But for this church to be known as a house of the prophetic, to be known, you know how the prophetic draws people in? Prophetic evangelism. Anybody know what that is? Some people, my brother. Are you asleep? awake? you awake? Are we in a funeral or church? I'm not quite sure. Church? Okay, smiles. Good. Um, prophetic evangelism. The guy sitting in the yellow top there with the stripes on, you're sitting next to the white lady. I can say that, sorry. Yeah, you. Stand up quickly. There's an anointing on your life for prophetic evangelism. I see you walking down the street, and what's going to happen is you're going to start, God's going to start to speak to you for people. That you're literally going to be walking down the street, and He's going to stop you in your tracks and say, go tell that person these things, and He's going to give you details about their past. He's going to give you details about what they even did last night. It's evangelistic and flair because they're not going to be Christians. They're going to be of other religions. And what's going to happen, you are literally going to pray the sinner's prayer with them on the spot because of the detail that God gives you. They're going to have no other choice but to turn their lives right there in the entirety because of the very things that God shows you. I feel the Lord saying, I've already been speaking to you. You've already experienced it even as you've been at work and you've been in your situations, but you haven't listened. You have decided just to keep quiet. And now I feel God saying, I want you to use your voice. I want to use you to speak those things over people's lives because you will see people come to know me right there. It's not just going to be planting a seed in someone's heart. You're going to see them. They're going to be so impacted by the detail. And when I mean detail here, God is going to give you more specifics than you even realize. You're going to even tell a person. This is quite interesting. You're going to tell a person what they were doing last night and what they were feeling and what they were sensing and, what, and where they were at. And then you're going to turn them to Jesus through it. Be obedient to the things that he puts on your heart to do. Amen. That was just uh, got thrown in. I wasn't planning on doing that. But that's prophetic evangelism. Going to around, trusting God that you'll be that sensitive to God. How many of you come into church? You sit down, you listen to the night worship, and you wait to be give-fed. You just wait for the pastor to do all the work. Your job is to come into church, to be that sensitive to God, to say, Lord, speak to me today. Show me what you are doing. Show me what you are doing in this church, in this community, what you are wanting to do for your people today in worship. I'm sure many of you have felt the presence of God upon you. You felt like a tingling inside of you, and if you don't speak, um, you're going to explode. Any of you felt that? Oh, come on. There we are. Okay, we've got some hands. Then, when you sit there and you don't do anything about it, someone else comes and gives that word. Someone else comes and you go, man, I had that. God is just wanting to give it to anyone who's willing, anyone who wants and desires to be used by Him. So those of you, so you must really get to know and, and um, enhance in your strengths. Like for those of you who has a real deep love of the Word of God, that you love to study the Word of God, that God gives you insight in His Word, that you sit there and it becomes like a, like a, you just take the pages to your cheek that so much you love them, you know, just fondly. You people are the people that should be expecting God to speak to you prophetically through his word. You could powerfully change and transform a life through one word of God through scripture. People underestimate the power of scripture. Let me give you an encouraging scripture and go, oh thank you, and then forget about it. If you can meditate on that word and study that word and let that word, because that out of all the entire Bible, God chose that scripture to give you for that moment in time. Take it and hold it as it is. It says, if you receive a prophet in the name of the prophet, you receive the prophet's reward. Meaning, if you can take the seriousness and the weight upon God's voice speaking to you through another person, you will receive the reward of that word. This is the prophet's If you can receive it in that manner, every single word that has been given to me, I transcribe, I have it in a file, I reread it, I listen to it, and when I go through trial... And when I go through difficult times, apart from the Word of God, those words come bubbling up. I can almost recite them to you because they come bubbling up in my spirit because they are His words. They are His promises to me. I pray into them. I I pray with my friends. I submit them to my pastor, to my leadership, that we pray into these things together. I am living prophecy now. What I do with my life, it was prophesied eight years ago. I am living prophecy. There are still things that were prophesied that haven't come to pass yet, but will come to pass. Just because they haven't come to pass like I wanted them to, doesn't mean that my, God has to um, submit to my timing. God's timing is so different from ours. Put things on a shelf. Trust him. Don't, don't discard them and say, Father, I thank you that this is your word. You are not a man that you would lie. You are faithful to your word and to your promises. I will stand on them and wait for you to fulfill them in your time. So, the Word of God, powerful. Visions, anyone get visions and dreams? Some people at the back. Visions and dreams, what an amazing way for God to use you. It's biblical, it speaks about it in the Word of God. Visions, this friend of mine that I just know, whenever he gets visions, I have to listen. They're from the Word of God. Many people are scared about visions because they think that they need the interpretation of the vision. This is not the case. You don't have to always get it. Many times God will give you the interpretation for someone, but you just need to be obedient. I was in uh, Birmingham in the UK a couple of months ago at a conference. There was a lady sitting in the front, and, and God gives me quite a bit of detail. Okay, So I'm used to getting quite a bit of things. But all he gave me for this woman was lemon tree. So I'm, I'm standing there going, okay, Lord, that's great, but I'm waiting for the next bit. And he said, Peter, just tell her you see a picture of a lemon tree. Now, I'm in a big church, and I'm thinking, Lord, I'm going to look so stupid if I just go lemon tree and, and see what happens. So I was, and, and God deals with my flesh all the time. So I'm sitting there going, oh, you know, I've got an image to protect, and people think I'm this, you know, and what am I going to do? And God said, speak the word. So I said, okay. And I said, I know this is going to sound really weird, but all I see is a picture of a lemon tree. This woman broke down. She fell to the ground sobbing, and I got a bit of a fright because I didn't know what had been said, or, and it, it wasn't the time to ask any further. Then, and we moved on in ministry. And I prayed. I said, "Lord, please let her come speak to me afterwards. I have to know what happened." So she came to, and she did. Praise God! listen to the story. When she was uh, between the ages of four and six, so four, five, six years old, she was being sexually abused and physically abused by her father daily. And every day when this would happen, she would run into the backyard of her house. And, and there was a lemon tree at the back of the yard. And she would hide behind the lemon tree. And that was the only place she felt safe. And it was in those moments that she would talk to God and ask God to help her and save her. And it broke my heart when I heard. And God was reminding her in that moment, I'm still with you. The lemon tree's still there. That's all she needed to hear. She didn't need my interpretation. She didn't need a long word from God telling her she's going to China. She needed lemon tree. That's how God can use you. If I had been scared of my flesh, if I had decided that I wasn't going to step out in faith and just be exposed for a moment, I would have robbed her of a blessing. I would have robbed her of a moment with God. Don't don't do that to people. Don't rob people of blessings. God wants to use you in people's lives. It may feel that you're exposing yourself and that you feel that you, are, you haven't got this great interpretation or you can't give a long five-minute word like a prophet. You don't need to. You just need to be obedient with the simple things that he puts upon your life. And listen, if worse comes to worse, God loves you. You can't really do damage with that, you know? A little God loves you, God is with you. You can't damage a person's life with that, okay? So it's always good to step out. And start in baby steps. Start in small steps with trusting, God, how do you speak to me? Sitting on a bus, Lord, you want to speak to me, that woman, give me something. Let me come into church. You notice someone in church is looking heavy today. Father, give me a scripture to encourage that woman. Give me something that we can build the body up together, that the job is not solely resting on the leadership of the church. It's that you are working and building and um, uh, driving together to build each other up. Amen? Amen to bring in a spirit of the prophetic, uh, a a lifestyle of the prophetic. You know, the prophetic can be in forms of dance, arts, creativity. the, The world has stolen all those things. They dominate those things. And now God is the very person who breathes that creativity within people. So I believe there's people here who are artistic, who are creative, writers, people who write prophetically in poetry, And novels, that's prophetic. Those are prophetic acts. So it's not just the person with the word. Whatever expression, however God uses you, whatever your flavor is, that is how God will use you. Do not emulate other people. It's such a disrespectful form to God. It took me a very long time to embrace my uniqueness. And when I embraced it, because people constantly told me I needed to change. People constantly told me that I needed to be more this way, more that way. I will never be a certain way. And when I learned to embrace the beauty of how he made me, I am an incredibly emotional, sensitive um, man. Now, that's not your typical man. Amen, men? Mm -hmm. Men are not typically in touch with their emotions. I feel things deeply. I I, am moved so emotionally all the time, and I was raised by a lot of people growing up saying, that's not normal, that's not manly, that's not strong enough. And it it damaged me. When I learned to minister in the way that God created me, that's where the anointing came in. That's where the power came in. Because I was discovering and and tapping into the vein of how how God made me. How he created you. Musically, whatever it may be, whatever your gift, tap into that. Don't try and be your pastor. He is a unique anointed vessel of God. Don't try and be him. It will be boring. Just be who God created you to be. That you will flow in that vein so beautifully when it is unique and when it is special. What makes me sick about Alan, okay? Alan and I are good friends, so I can say this. Um, I also am gifted in prophetic song, and I have a a nice voice, and I can sing, and I'm musical. Alan gets up there, sings a prophetic song, and you could record the song. It could be on an album, okay? My songs are not nearly as nice. It makes me—I really want to slap him. But I can—I then can look at it and see the anointing upon his life, and see how God does it. And instead of being jealous, which we all are, and I don't know why as Christians, Christians are the worst for wanting other people's gifts and being jealous and speaking against them. I should look at that and say, "Praise God for that gift, because I can't do it. Only He can, and I can do. And Alan can't do what I can do." That's the beauty of it, that why should I be sitting there um, envious and despising the gift that God has so clearly anointed him with when I can't do that because God has given me something else to do. That should be our flavor. That should be our attitude. That should be our heart. And I've gone totally off a rabbit trail of what my notes are. I haven't noticed I haven't even looked at them. Um, let's get back a little bit to what I want to do. As, how much time do we have? Okay, great. So that gives us time. Sorry if this feels disjointed. We're just going to go to the practical part now. Now, so the gift of the Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit as a gift of prophecy is accessible to each and every person sitting in this room. It always reflects to Christ. It always agrees with Scripture. It always encourages, exhorts, and comforts. Okay? The gift of prophecy is different to that of the office of the prophet. Do I need to do a quick little crash course in that, or do we have a bit of an understanding in that? A little bit? Okay, so gift of prophecy, accessible to every single one of us, is the gift of the Holy Spirit. The office of the prophet is part of the five-fold ministry, okay? This is the gift that is or to an individual that's given by the hand of God. They're often very born with this gift. It's in their fibers, in their DNA. It affects who they are, how they function, what they do. They not only will, will function in the gift of prophecy, but will carry the responsibility of the call, Okay? So generally, a person in office of prophet status will have a word that's a lot more revelationary, um, leading, guiding in nature, and also has the power to kind of launch a person into their calling, identify, gifting. A lot of people say that a word always needs to confirm with what's in your spirit. I don't 100% agree with that, because a prophet can actually, like what happened with me, God was speaking to me about India, but I wasn't listening enough. I decided to close my ears. He needed to get a prophet in to come in and say, and, and launch the word into my life so I could fulfill my destiny. Amen? So that's what, that's that, it's a different level, okay? What we're talking about today is the gift of prophecy. This is the encouragement, the exhortation that God has given us as all body of the believers filled with his Holy Spirit to minister in, okay? Young guy um, sitting here in the third row with the beige top on. Yeah, come, come stand next to me. We haven't got time, you need to Run. Okay, now what's going to happen? What's your name? What's your name? uh, uh, Mewen. Okay, God wants to bless Mewen today, okay? But he's not just going to use me. He's going to use many people in this room, okay? So for those of you that have never prophesied before, and you want to prophesy, and you have a desire to hear from God, and you've never received maybe a vision, you've never received a word, today's your day, okay? It's as simple as that you don't need prayer, you don't need oil put on you, you don't need, you know, to be cut yourself before God and hope that he's going to do this. You just need to desire it, and he'll give it to you. He'll place it in your hands. Why? Because he wants to bless this man, and he wants to use you to do it. We did this this morning, and Vandana and I were both crying as people were giving words for this young guy because everybody was so touched by the power of God. I mean, we were pretty blown away by the response that happened this morning. So, I'm trusting that we're going to have the same thing here. That God is going to speak to people for Him. That we know that the point of what I'm doing today, to exemplify how easy this is, but also that a seed will be planted. That this won't just be a nice service that you go out of and go, that was nice, we had uh, a white boy to look at for a little bit. You know, you you had a service um, that a seed will be planted and watered, that it will cultivate a lifestyle in this body, that it will be a house of the prophetic that the next time I come or when I hear from Alan that something is happening within this body because of the prophetic. When I told you that the, that the greatest revival, next greatest move of God is coming out of India, I really believe that on the crust of that wave is the prophetic, that without the prophetic, it will not be possible. Amen? So that's why this church, and I, I pray it already is, but in a greater measure, needs to tap into that vein. And this is part of it. This is why. You know what amazes me, the contrast? I was in Jammu City last week, in a, outside Jammu City, in a place called Urumpo. okay? So I'm in a, village of in a village of a room with 100 people, with um, no electricity, no sound system and candles in the room. It's freezing cold. Everyone's got, like, I've never seen Indians wear so much clothing. It's funny. And um, I'm wearing like a big jacket and a beanie and all the rest. We're doing the exact same thing here. The contrast. God's not a respecter of persons. He doesn't care how rich you are, how poor you are, how educated you are. Um, how young you are, how old you are, if you're ugly or if you're good-looking like I am. God doesn't actually matter about those things, okay? He looks at the heart. He looks at the spirit. And if you have a willingness, he will use you. There was a nine-year-old boy in Udumpur, okay? He cannot even speak English. He's not going to school. He's even disabled. Well, he's uh, got a, a physical disabled in his body. He comes up. He listened to the word. And he came to me and he said, through an interpreter, he said, um, can I pray for you? I'm, I nearly started weeping, and he said, I said, of course, he gave me a vision, he's never had a vision in his life, he gave me a vision that a pastor gave me three years ago, word for word, word for word, a nine-year-old, so you can't sit there and tell me, I don't have the anointing, I'm not, I'm not educated enough, I can't speak, I can't hear from God, I'm not this, I'm not that, get your head out the way, and let the Spirit of God speak to you, let the Spirit of God move in you, Amen? So what are we going to do? We're going to pray. We're going to close our eyes. We're going to start praying. And whether you want to pray in tongues, you want to pray in English, you want to pray in whatever language you speak, I want you to start praying for him that God will drop something in your spirit for him. Already as he came up, some of you felt like a drawing to him. When you saw him walk up, you felt almost something physical. You are the people that really need to trust God to speak to you because he really is, okay? You're really, he's begun the process. So don't ignore that sense. So what we're going to do is trust God. If you want a vision, for those of you who have never received a vision, say, God, give me a vision for him. Give me a vision for him to encourage him, to uplift him, to change his life today. What an incredible opportunity to be used by God in this way. It feels nothing beats it. Nothing beats that feeling to know that God is using you to encourage another person. So what's going to happen, even as you close, you know, a lot of people get this sense that you close your eyes and you're gonna start shaking and the supernatural lightning bolts gonna come down and strike you and vision on high and an angel's gonna give you a you know it doesn't always happen like that. It's very simple. When you close your eyes now, you might get a flash of a vision, a flash of something, a flash of a picture. Focus on that. Ask God. If you get a scripture, go to the scripture, read it, ask God for more understanding. If there's a word or something of encouragement, receive that. So let's start praying. Are you ready? Oh man. I've been talking, like, for 45 minutes, and you give me, like, I'm sorry, how many people are there in the South Church, Pastor? Like, 70, 50, 50, 70 people. These people were on the edge of their seats, waiting and ready to be used by God. And, like, half the church put their hands up, and I could only choose a bunch of them because we didn't have the time. And I was late for coming here. So, okay, let's try this again. You're going to either love me or hate me before I leave. Are you ready? Thank you, Lord. Okay, Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for your wonderful son, Lord. I thank you that you, even during the worship, you told me that this was the man that you wanted to speak to, that you wanted to encourage him today, that you wanted to bless him, and that you want to use so many people sitting in this room, Father. Lord, you want to open and release uh, the gift of prophecy in people's lives, in people's hearts, my God, that this will be cultivated in this community. Father, I thank you for the visions right now that you are giving people, that you are literally dropping within people's hearts, Holy Spirit. Father, I thank you for the words, the words of encouragement, the words of comfort. I thank you for the scripture that you are placing upon people's hearts. Any other form of prophetic, Father, I thank you that literally Holy Spirit, I see the Holy Spirit going around the room, just depositing it, dropping it. He's just dropping it on people's hearts. Father, I pray that people will be open to this right now. For those that have never prophesied, today will be the first day, Father. That today will be their day when they walked into a new level of functioning and co-laboring with you, Father. I come against all fear, all fear of man, all doubt and fear. I take authority over you in Jesus' name. You have no place here, and people are going to walk into a place of such boldness and newness in you today, Father. In Jesus' name. I want you to keep your eyes closed. I want you to process now. I want you to think about what God has given you. If it's a vision, I want you just to think about it. Try and articulate it in words. Start to think about what God has placed on your heart. If it's scripture, go to that scripture and start trusting God to give you greater insight. If it's a word, try and just put it together for a moment. So it's going to give you like literally a, a minute to do that. Just to process it. Let God speak you further. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Okay, you can all look at me. So who felt that you heard from God for Merwin? Who heard from God for Merwin? Okay, I have one woman putting up her hand. There's a lady at the back. That's two. There's at least ten. Okay, it's one, two, missing four, five. In a church of this size, in the balcony, I've got five people. I'm gonna start picking you. I promise. That's five people. The man. There's six. And your husband. You've got a word as well. So you come and share Why didn't you put your hand up? Um, who else? That's seven. Seven. I got. Ah, thank you, sir. Eight. There's ten. That lady, thank you. Nine. Ten. Brilliant. Ten people, please come up to the front. Ha <laughs> ha. Okay. I need you to be bold and you'd be courageous quickly. We haven't got much time. I need you just to come up on stage, please. In this moment, God is just gonna use you to really bless this man. Watch now. Watch how all these words are so confirming that this is the same God we serve. Mevin, come stand next to me. Don't be, he looks like he's about, he looks like he's about to go into the torture chamber. Um, come stand here. Guys, all stand on the side. Come stand. I want you all standing in a row, okay? Okay, so what I want you to do now. Thank you. get that. Remember that one. Okay, so what I'm going to do, I don't want you to give me sermons. Not five-minute words, long things. Just quickly, briefly share what God has shown you. I don't want you to pray, okay? People often come up here and they start praying, and Lord, bless him. I don't want you to do that. I want you to prophesy. When you prophesy, you don't look at me. You look him in the eye, and you start to tell him and prophesy into his heart what God has given you, okay? Great. Be excited. We're going to start with you. Just move down, and we'll go along. Okay? Uh, I think God is going to use
0: your legacy and your heritage. Oh,
1: wow. Come on. That's brilliant.
0: A word from the scripture. It's from the book of James, chapter 1, and it's verse 12. It says, blessed is the man who endures trial, for when he has stood the test of time, he will receive the crown of life which God has promised to those who
1: love him. I just saw a picture of um, a rose, uh, the petals. You know, th- such fragrances coming out of the rose in th- because of the thorns, and you are that rose. And before I came here today, God asked me to keep some cash in my pocket. He said, I'm going to, I want you to release it to
0: somebody. So that is you, so later. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I saw a uh, picture again, uh, but it was quite clear. I saw you... Playing an instrument and I saw you singing, so I uh, I, I I feel like you are uh, called to worship Him. Amen. Thank you. Um, I saw the just the words, uh, the word sport came in my head. Sport. Sport. Sport.
1: Okay. Now I want you to just uh, we're in a little bit of teaching time now. How did you hear that? How did you How did you feel it? I just want you to help people out there. Uh, it
0: just flashed F- in flashed my head. In it was, head was like.
1: And you felt, and you just, and, and what made you feel that you had to share it?
0: Um, I, first, I thought I was like, I mean, should I come up. up or not? And then, uh, and then um, I said, okay, reconfirm it. And then the word just came again and again.
1: Okay. Now, what's very interesting, when everybody was coming up, who came up to me? Who was that? The guy. He said this lady sitting here, and she didn't want to come up, but she got Ricky Ponting. The picture of Ricky Ponting. And that's all she got. So the fact that you said sports, so we're going to see what God's doing. Okay, carry on.
2: I had a vision of you um,
0: with a full, and you're, you're giving it off to people, a lot of money to people, and you were ah. just doing that.
1: Amen. Good word. Great word. I believe that God wants to uplift you, and he wants to take you to another level, um, and the vision that I had was um, a site I saw the other day at Lalbog. There's like this, this. Um, it's almost like a big granite stone. I don't know what it's called. It's like a huge, big, do you know, do you know what it is at Lalbog, and and. Bangalore, can somebody help me? It's like a huge big stone um, and there's a bit of a temple on it. And I just felt like, it's almost like you're going to walk a mountain, um, but it's not, it's easy. I don't know if you've ever seen this, but it's like, it's a really easy walk. And as you do, I believe God's going to strengthen your backbone and he's really going to strengthen your back and he's just going to, um, you know, your stature is just going to change. And I I just see you as a man of real authority and walking with real strength and and I believe God's going to do great things in your life. Amen, great word for my fellow South African.
0: And God said you're going to be His helper in this ministry.
1: Amen. Thank you. Great word.
0: I feel God says that you're going to be the head and not the tail. You're going to walk with your head lifted very high. Amen. Okay. Well, I saw pulpits like this. I saw three of them, just like that. And uh, I saw you in a classroom. And then later on, it became a, b- a bigger congregation kind of thing. And you were teaching. So I believe God is going to use you as a teacher. And I began to see musical instruments among the congregation that you were speaking to. So I believe God will use your uh, uh, anointing, wherever He's anointed you, especially in the area of music, to impart that to people.
1: Praise God.
2: Uh, I just saw a doorpost kind of thing, and your silhouette, and uh, bright radiating light behind. And your silhouette was dark, and the rest of the place was bright and, uh, you know, light. I believe that you're going to lead many people from darkness to light.
1: Amen. What a great word.
0: (laughs) Uh, When you were saying that uh, I just had a burden to pray for him. Okay. And I just closed my eyes, and I saw A tap. A tap. A tap. Yeah, a tap. Okay. Yeah, the tap was like uh, very highly designed. It was like a <laughs> very much high of high cost. Okay. But it was placed in a very uh, unprivileged place. Okay. It was an unprivileged place. And I asked Lord, what is the vision? Of, what is the meaning of this thing? And uh, the Lord said, I'm going to use him as the tap which will flow the living water.
1: That's awesome word.
0: Yeah, awesome. And it's going to reach the unprivileged peoples. Yeah. God is going to use him as a channel. Of the living world. Do
1: you just see how confirming each and every single one of these words are? Just such testament that we, you know, it's the same God speaking. You know, it is Him, it is faithful. Now, what I'm going to do, I want you guys to stay here. Um, now, I'm going to round up that word, okay? All I want to ask you before I pray for you is what, what is your heritage? Like where's, where's your background, your family background? Northeast. Northeast, but what, what's the particular area called? Okay, what God's doing, okay, God took you away from there for a season to train you and nurture you. But what he is doing now, he's saying, my son, I'm about to send you back. I'm going to send you back with such power and such anointing. And I'll show you when the time is right because every word that you've been given is about that place. It's in your fiber, it's in your DNA, it's in your blood. It's almost if you had to pick the sand up, you would feel yourself within your presence within that very place because I'm gonna place such a deep love for the youth there that you are going to be a teacher that everybody will know about, that you will teach because you're such a multifaceted man. I even believe that you're gonna set up musical programs, that you're gonna set up sports programs, that you're gonna set up All these different things to the unreached, to the children, to the people that that would never be able to have that part of their lives touched, to the people that the dark places where people would discard and say, they're not worth it. They don't have that upon their lives. I feel the Lord saying, I'm about to arrest your heart and put a compassion and a love in your heart, the very compassion of my son, that at times you will weep, that at times you will cry, that at times you will... Break down with the burden that I put upon your heart. Don't fear those times. It's me speaking to you. I'm allowing you to feel my heart for my people. That is why I have made your life about this. Even as you, are you here to study? Yeah. The Lord said that I will use your studies, but you will never work in that I have given you as a profession. I have called your life into terms of ministry and in terms of setting up functions and setting up things and setting up programs for the lost, for the broken, for the unreached. I am literally going to put thousands of lakhs in your hand, and people will just come up and put them in your hand and give these things for you to do, and you have gone through so much trial, you have grown up and known so much pain, even at the hand of people closest to you, even at the hand of people that you love, that you were betrayed deeply, and I feel the Lord saying that I've, that's why I've loved you, that's why I've had a special eye out for you, because you've been really hurt and you've been really damaged, and I am your father and you will know me as your father because I love you so much. And for that reason, that's why I'm going to use you as a father, that you are going to be the most incredible father to so many orphans, to so many orphan spirits, that you're going to have literally an army, literally a generation that will look and say, he's my father. That's how God sees you. That is how he's sowing into your life. You don't have any idea. I watched you in the worship today, and I thought, oh my, look at the call on his life. Look at the heart on his life. And I just feel the Lord saying, even the things that you have dreamed uh, are not even big enough yet. For I am taking you into great things. I will put the finances there. I will open the doors. Even you being sent there will be very much part of this church. I really believe the church will be behind you in sending you out when the time is right, when God opens those doors. Father, bless your servant. Oh, I thank you for him, Lord. I thank you that you love him, that you are his father. Father. God just, I, I can't tell you his love for you. As a father, it's like he's been looking after you and keeping a watchful eye. He's even assigned angels around you. He just just look after him. He's very special to me. So, Father, I thank you for this area in the northeast that you have claimed and stamped as his life, for his life. I thank you for the many lives that he will touch. God is just going to surround you with such strong people, such strong men. You're single, right? Oh, God has got uh, what an awesome woman God is going to bring into your life. She is going to look at you and say, I desire that I want to be with that man. He is everything I've ever wanted because she's going to see the call of God and who you are. Don't ever settle for second best. Father, I thank you. You bless him, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give the Lord a praise offering, guys. I God bless you. Don't you love God? And look how he used, you know, he used people in the church and people who don't know him, and maybe some of you know him. Maybe some of you haven't prophesied before. And the words were so confirming, and that's the type of spirit that God wants to begin in this body. Now, for those of you who are sitting there who desired to be used by God and you felt that you had something, but you didn't come up, that's okay. You still heard from God. You still got it. I know it takes a lot of boldness to come up and talk in front of, like, a couple of hundred people. Practice this. Ask God to speak to you. Ask him. You know, it's very simple. We haven't gone into any detail at all today. But look what's happened to him today. God's literally picked him up, taken him to his heart, and launched him to the things that he has for him. So my prayer is that this will be a seed that is planted in your hearts, in this body today.
2: We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.